Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? I thought I'd try to do the Detroit Kool-Aid a bit longer than I did last Friday. Uh, I, I can't promise I'm going to try to extend that each week because uh, definitely due to pass out if I do that. But we are here on a Friday talking Detroit Lions football. My name is Derek Okri. I've got the one and only. He goes by one name. He's like Cher, Madonna, whoever else you want to name. I mean... I don't know if he has moves like either of those or can sing, even though he has sung on the show before. But his name is, you know who he is, Grifka. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man. First oh, of man. all, it's Friday the 14th. So uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Make sure you get you know, your sweetheart something pretty and some flowers and some chocolates or whatever. And, you know, it's going to be a cold one. Everybody knows, man. We had another some more snow moving through this weekend. It's chilly at night, too. I mean, no single digits. So uh, we're looking, uh, if you don't live anywhere where it gets the single digits, you know, don't go outside because it's really cold. Anyways, you know, TGIF. Oh, man, I'm sleeping at the bell. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So it's a Friday. Grifka, he got us going with his normal. Um, he hit us with the TGIF. Now, word on the street has it, Grifka, that you've got – You've got a topic. I, I don't know if you're going to try to get me riled up today. I mean, it's been weeks and weeks where you try to bring up these people that you know I got issues with or you know I'm going to rant and rave about. I, I don't know exactly what you have planned today, but rumor has it that you've got some hot topics. You may even have some questions from people. So you know I'm game for whatever on a Friday. Uh, let's do this. Let's drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Okay. Um, I just really got one topic I want to uh, discuss with you here. And that was uh, the former Lion great. I don't know if he belongs on the Wall of Fame or anything like that, but he is remembered for one big thing, stepping out the back of the end zone in Minnesota. Uh, Dan Orlovsky said that the uh, Lions were roughly, what, uh, two players away from contending for the division. That's if they totally nailed the draft. So uh, can you see his point of view on that, or is that kind of like you one of those – you know, real, really going out on a limb, you know, like how you like to do with your, uh, with your uh, thoughts. So uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> oh man, Grifka, I, I actually, unlike most of your questions, I like this one off the top. So I got a couple different uh, thoughts and takes on it. First of all, the greatest part about Dano going out of the back of the end zone was the, the announcer. I forget who, which one it was, but he, he just yelled, poor little fella. <laughs> you didn't know like that if you go back and listen to the quote uh, that that was like the that was the announcer saying that he like he didn't even know that he was out poor little fella or something like that like it was just classic but i mean how i mean that was in our dog days no doubt but that's an all-timer right there of just and it wasn't like you're you're 
your toe stepped on it or you got pushed by a, a big defensive tackle and you ended up getting out of the back of the end zone. Our guy Dano ran that thing like it was the uh, like it was his lane for the hundred meters. I mean, he took that thing down for quite a ways before he realized he was in the chalk. So that that was classic first and foremost. Um, the other thing that's classic about good old Dano, as you called him, a Detroit Lions great. I mean, you probably you probably would hang a banner for this guy or put his name up on the bricks at Ford Field, wouldn't you, Grifka? Oh yeah, definitely. I would I would love to see you know. His number retired and like a big banner hanging right next to you was like the 1992 wildcard banners that used to hang up there, which I still love until line sold those things because I would totally hang one of those in my man cave. Grifka loves the playoff appearance banners, people, but uh, the only thing better than that, I think, is the, the unabashed like love fest between Dan Orlovsky and Matt Stafford or even Dan Orlovsky and the Detroit Lions. It's like, Hey man, we're glad you put in some years here. I remember <laughs> my buddy, big Hughes, who we bring up on the show. I'm, I remember sitting in, uh, he was over watching uh, a game and, and we were having the discussion of like where we go at the quarterback position. And Hughes's take was like, he was set with Dan Orlovsky felt good about him after he had like one game where all he did was chuck it up to that receiver that we used to have that uh, we shall not speak of, but gosh, man, he just, he just always supports the lions. I mean, we, we get it. You're on the payroll, you know, Matt Stafford's your best buddy. I, I think Dan Orlovsky does a good job like when he's on you know TV or when he's breaking down plays and, and some of his opinions and stuff are definitely, you know, good quality, you know, from that perspective. I think when he's on like first take with Stephen A and, and Max Kellerman, he definitely really gets himself going and gets all fired up. But I mean, when you talk about his opinion in regards to, you know, hey, he's saying there are a couple players away or they need to nail the draft. I mean, there's been plenty of quotes coming from Mr. Orlovsky. I think I saw one saying like, you know, there's no way you even consider to, uh, you know, I, I hope they, I hope the win lions win big with number nine, you know, stuff like that, which doesn't surprise anybody. So I, I think he's a, you know, he's, he's paid, you know, by the team in some capacity or at least has those allegiances. I'm, I'm sure his allegiances are to be a coach or to be in the league, you know, be an offensive coordinator at some point. I think there were some tweets out saying that he's been contacted by people to be a coordinator. Instead, he'd rather be on random, you know, talk shows, I guess at this point, but I, I like that he drinks the Detroit Kool-Aid. I mean, first and foremost. Drink it in, man. I, I think the love fest with Matt Stafford goes a little far. I mean, maybe he's eating too much of this. Cornbread! <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, of course I can see where he's coming from because I, I'm on that side of the fence where everybody thinks, oh, man, this team's atrocious. Oh, they can't do anything. They can't stop it. They got no talent. And, of course, I'm on the side where, I mean, you know, if you don't see the talent from from guys like, you know, Hawk, Carry On, Flowers, T Walk, um, you know, Slay over there at corner, Matt Stafford, you know, our wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, you know, and some of the the other pieces we have, then I think you're just missing it. So, I, I I'm still trying to gauge, you know, if this team is a couple players away, if they really need to hit home runs across the board. But the fact that Dano is saying we're only a couple away or that he thinks they can they can jump right up to the top doesn't surprise me. And I also love it because that's what I think. And that's what I hope a lot of the Detroit cooler drinkers think as well. 
Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I can see his point of view. I guess it depends on which two players Krista, he's really talking. Hold on. Hold on. Before you respond, if you're right there with me, what are you? Oh, I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it depends on which two players. Because I know with the prep is like, oh, if they nail the draft, what what does that mean? So if they do only all right in the draft, the, like the two players that they're away, they're only going to be a little bit better. I, I guess I'm kind of confused on that. But that's like, yeah, if they nail draft free agency, they'll they'll be right there. Well, couldn't that be every team then? So you're right. I love how he's all, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess is this like a mix and match? Like if they get these two players in free agency and then fill everything else in with the draft, then we're there. Or if it's just one of those things, well, you know, if we get these guys in the draft and fill like these guys with free agency, then we're there. Uh, I guess I'm a little confused by that because that could be almost any team. But just to, just to kind of go back to the play that we love to talk about, um, <laughs> watching that play over and over again, the first, the greatest thing is first Jared Allen, like pointing, you know, and like looking at the ref, like thinking, dude, don't you see him run out of bounds. And like, and, and yeah, there's gotta be a point where you just kind of got to stop Jared Allen. You know, at one point I really hated the guy because he would just always dog on the lines and just like beat him up and just be like, gosh, you know, can anybody block this guy? And then I really learned to love his game. And I thought he turned out to be a really great player. You know, he's pointing and laughing at, Dan Orlovsky in that play. And um, the other thing is, like, when you watch it, remember playing, like, schoolyard football, and there's always, like, those couple kids that didn't really know what the rules were, and they would catch the ball, and they would just kind of run wherever they felt. And you'd, like, kind of stop and stare and be like, hey, bro, you ran out of bounds, like, 20 yards ago. Where are you going? You know, like, it, that's kind of what that reminds me of, you know, like, playing backyard football. In the uh-huh. It was like, you know, somebody called up flu because you were one player short. And, like, he's the guy who got the ball and just started running through the trees. And it's like, dude, we're playing tackle football. Ain't nobody going to run through the woods. Like, what, what are you thinking? So that's, that, that kind of that reminds me of that play. But, you know, so, Chris, Dan, thank, thanks for drinking the Kool-Aid, bro. <laughs> I got a couple comebacks for you. First of all, when Dan Orlovsky said, uh, you know, they're a couple players away if, with the asterisk, of course, if they nail the draft, if they kill free agency, I mean, should both of us just responded with this? It's like, duh. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. (laughs) That would have been a proper response. Here's the response from Dano after he uh, ran on the chalk for about uh, 200 meters. It was a bad decision. Period. Point blank. It was one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. Oh, and your and your analogy makes me laugh so much because it'd be like the best was either backyard football or me and my family. You know, we loved wiffle balls. So you always make all these crazy markers. Like, hey, see that tree over there? Yeah, that's out of bounds. And this is the touchdown. And like you, you'd set those parameters, and like you say, you'd always have the buddy who thought he could just like skirt all those rules. Like you see that tree line, right? Like you're you're way outside of it for about fifty yards. Like we're we're bringing that all the way back. And like, oh no, I was I was on it. Like. No, you were like another house down, <laughs> yeah. you know, like was always that guy. That was classic. Well, you know, when I was watching that game, because I do remember that game vividly, you you know what I thought to myself or what I screamed at the TV when I saw that happen. You got to find the clip because you know what I said. Come on. Where is it? Give, it to him. Give him the live <laughs> What the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh, man, I, my guess probably would have been this. That drives me freaking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably, let me see. Maybe I can do this for the people. Hold on. Let me try to see if I can work some magic here. What the hell are you doing? That drives me freaking bonkers. Yeah, Dan, appreciate it, buddy. Um, 
keep drinking the Kool-Aid, man. This team can use any support, especially from the four-letter network, even though if you're the lone lone wolf over there, do appreciate it. Um, Drink it in, man. Exactly. Um, hey, Derek, um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and uh, for our sponsors, and then uh, we'll come back. Um, and I'll let you know what's happening after that. Everybody, please listen to Spotify, Anchor, and then also uh, go on Twitter. Like we haven't been saying this much. Go on Twitter, at Derek Oakery. You can reach me or go to at Grifka DKC. Tell us what you like about the show. Um, you know, give us, give Grifka one of his funny catch lines on Twitter. And then also, like, we just haven't been using it at all. Uh, I haven't even checked it. We may have some bunch of calls just lined up. But, um, you know, we definitely want to keep our eye on it. We'll get back on that Detroit Kool-Aid cast listener line. So 989. Wait, I should probably let Grifka do this. Grifka, before we go to break, you're you're the you're the cheap pop promo guy. What, what What's our call in line again? Once again, that number is 989. 989- Two seven two three four eight four. Once again, nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four. And everybody, if you call up, I mean, leave us a funny message. I mean, make us do this. <laughs> if you make us laugh like that, or if you drop some funny line like Conrad and Huntsville used to, or or uh, what was the one guy, man? Uh, just we had some incredible callers back in the day. Uh, Lafurgis Nuggets we had call in. We've had uh, just some classic uh, personalities and people call up and make us laugh and talk lions. So please do that for us. Uh, like I say, we can't get to all of them as well as we haven't been using as much as we should. But if you call up, we'll definitely try to uh, fit you in on the show. Um, you know, have a good take, be strong, be funny. And if you're neither of those, we're probably going to make fun of you on the show as well. Just a head it up. But, uh, like I say, uh, please do that. Please get us on Twitter and please listen to our sponsors. We'll, uh, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We're back here on a Friday talking Detroit Lions, as we always do, drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Grifka, we're back from the break. Thank you to our sponsors. What else we got for the day? You know, like I mentioned on the last show, it, uh, it's kind of like the dog days of the season before we get like in full mode into the uh, into the draft and then into the season. So, uh, you know, I, I know people are still thinking about football and um, it's been kind of slow. So what I did is I uh, went out to my shop floor and there's plenty of Lions fans out there, too. And I want to I want to ask them some questions, you know, like ask me some questions that, that you know, about the lines that you want to answer. And I know a couple of the guys out there on the floor do listen to our podcast, but try, you know, I tell them, you know, hey, man, listen to our podcast. Listen, you know, and they're like, ah, nah, nah, nah. so, you know, I'm like, here, man, I'll pump you up. I'll, I'll give you I, I go, I'll leave your name. They're like, no, I don't want to. Leave. I go, what if just your first name? 
Okay. You know, so once again, not everybody knows where I work, so they're not going to hunt them down. So, so I got some questions here for you that I'd like you to answer. These are straight from the guys out on the floor. And of course, naturally, when I ask them for questions, they're like, why do the Lions suck? Okay, I'm not going to ask that. Or like, when are they going to sell the team? Okay, never. There, I just answered it for you. So um, I got some legitimate questions from, from people that um, I, I want you to, uh, that, you know, are good. I mean, I don't think maybe some of them we might have covered here at points, but uh, some I found, like, really, uh, really interesting. I'm like, hey, good question. I'm going to answer that one. So I got eight questions lined up here, and um, I'm going to ask them to you, okay? Before we get into the questions, first of all, uh, you know, send all the non-Kool-Aid drinkers my way. Please bring their questions on because I would love to tear them up like I've been known to do to you when you get all down in the dumps about this team. How they'll never win, how you poor you, you've had to watch losing football for 30 years or whatever it is. Send, send them my way and I'll, I'll uh, get them straight. I'll get them drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Second of all, I think we need to take a pause for the cause here on the show and, and say that Hey, everybody, Grifka putting in some work. He's out there pounding the pavement. I mean, asking the common, asking the fans what they want to hear about, asking his fellow coworkers. I mean, that that's to be commended. I mean, I think it's the first time he did anything other than just show up here and, and do two podcasts a week. I mean, I think it's it should be commended, don't you? Yeah, I, do, I, I don't want to hurt no, my arm patting myself on the back there, so... Uh... We can just get into questions if you want. Uh, yeah, let's do that, man. I'm excited about these. And and, and seriously, though, I'm, I'm glad we got questions from people. We, we love the Twitter questions as well. We, we don't do a very good job getting out there and getting way ahead of the game and, and putting it out there. But if you see a message from me or Grifka saying, send your questions in for the Kool-Aid cast, we, we need them right then, you know, because we're probably recording in the next couple hours uh, before then. But uh, please send those in and, and hey. Grifka's got some some questions straight from the fans, so let's do this. Yep. Um, once again, um, if you if you like some of these questions, you'll hit us up on Twitter, or uh, give us a call at nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four. First question for you. This one comes from Danny, and he's he's a Lions fan naturally, but and um, he was wondering, would you pay Kenny Galladay like a top five wide receiver in the league? Oh, Danny, come on. This is a Grifka question. I mean, is this a real question? Like, I love Kenny Galladay. He's he's the man. I've touted him for two-plus years now. He's balled out. He almost had 1,210-plus touchdowns. Yeah, no, he's not a top-five guy. He's this is, a, this is a good question, though, in the sense of I feel like everybody in Detroit acts like, oh, they're just going to get easy deal done with Kenny this offseason. It's done in the books. He's going to be here, like, no problem, like, this is the kind of guy who continues to be better and better and is as humble as he is. And as you know, quiet, mild manners as he is like, I'm pretty sure he knows his worth. I'm pretty sure he's, you know, got some eye on some other locations, other cities. So, you know, I know it's all about the dollars at the end of the day, but uh, you know, I I think we had a a sound bit for that back in the day when we talk about, you know, the money Grifka. Where's my money? He might be saying that, or he might just be playing this around Allen Park. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, But back to the question, like, I think it's going to be a little bit harder than people think to get a deal done with Kenny. I think that... You know, he's going to maybe play out this next year. You know, they might try to get something done. Uh, 
after that, if they can get him done this year, I mean, he's definitely not going to be a top five overall type receiver. I mean, he's in that 10 to 15 range. I mean, there's a ton of good receivers in the national football league and yeah, he, he's a pro bowl worthy. He, he actually did well in that game. He's, he's still ascending, but I still don't see his ceiling really as that top eight or top five receiver. I see him in that top 10 base best case scenario. So it's hard to put a number on it. You know, I'm not really sure. You know, I think the top receivers are making what, like 15, 18 million per for the top, top guys. So I think if Kenny makes like a million bucks right now, if that, you know, I think they, they had to jack him up to two or three based on him outperforming where he was drafted there in the uh, what middle, late third round. So I think if you took him from three to, to 10, you know, four years, you know, 10 plus, that that's kind of the deal you might be looking for um, because I just don't know that his ceiling is up there with the, the Hopkins, the Mike Thomases, you know, when you're talking top five, like there's, there's probably 10 names I could read off before I get to, to Kenny, but for the lions and for our situation, if you can get him at a good deal, he's continuing to play ball and he's no issues off the field, great physical traits. So pay the man but not top five and uh, and we'll see if they get it done this season off season. I think it may linger a little bit more than people think. Okay. I, I like that take that uh, you just didn't go on and say, yes, pay him. Uh, next question. This one's from Randy. Um, is there anybody, if the Lions didn't trade out, I'm going to preface that at number three, is there anybody that if the Lions took somebody that played on the offensive side of the ball, that wouldn't piss you off? Man, I was about to just scream no as loud as I could in the microphone, but <clears throat> you know, the only the only offensive player no, there's two. There's only really one offensive player that I could justify, and I really have to twist my own arm to do it, and that'd be Tua. You know, like I feel I've said it before. I think the guy's a crazy winner. I think he's an incredible person off the field. I think he can throw it anywhere you need to throw it. I think that He'd be the type of guy that could maybe not only swing the culture, but just just win freaking ball games here, you know. But obviously, if you're going to take that type of guy, you're going to have to deal Matt Stafford. You're going to have a whole bunch of hoopla about that, you know, players' reaction and all this different stuff. But I mean, Tua Tungavailoa is no joke. I mean, he's been there for three years. Everybody's all up in arms about his medicals, but he didn't forget how to play football. He didn't lose all of his character traits. So that'd really be the only one I would do. And that's if, you know, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are just pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. And, you know, the day before the draft, you know, they make a trade of Stafford. So you don't have to deal with all the flack. And then they come in on draft day, they sit at number three and they, they, well, you actually have to duty around the clock so that nobody jumps you, you know, somebody doesn't jump you at two. So I, I would wait on the clock. And, and if you want to really flip the whole franchise, you could pull something crazy like that at three and it would be worth it. And it would be just the ultimate all in play. But, you know, I, I said on another show, like Judy versus CD lamb. I mean, I'm more of a CD lamb guy, but I'm more taking him middle to later of the round. So, I mean, you can maybe take J- Jerry Judy that high if you want and, and find a way to justify it. Or we're just going to be great on offense. And this guy's an ultimate route runner and a playmaker. But I, 
I don't see it. So I'm throwing his name in because I could see fans and people sort of justifying he might come out and play really well, but that's not a guy I would take a number three or even try to justify. So Tua is really the only guy I could see that could justify that pick if you want to flip the Detroit Lions upside down. Okay. Good answer. Um, Let's see. Next one. This one comes from Tommy. And he was wondering, is Stafford the type of quarterback at this time, where he's in his career, that he needs playmakers around him, or would he make other players better? Oh, man, this is a good one. This is kind of the age-old question, you know, is, is does Matt Stafford have that capability? He's he's had a bunch of, you know, scrub receivers. If you go back into his day, I mean, just guys coming off the street. I mean, what was his boy, Chris Durham or whatever, that was his roommate that was just some, you know, they always try to say how athletic he was, but it's like you, you knew he wasn't making any other roster other than the Lions, but Stafford sort of found a way to get him the football. You know, there's countless examples, so – and then there's the fan base that'll say, like, you know, all they've done is give Matt Stafford weapons. They draft running backs and receivers and tight ends for him, and he still can't, you know, take us to a playoff victory. He still can't have us beat winning teams. He can't be consistent enough to win at the NFL level. So, you know, if I have to pick between the two, I mean, overall, I think Matt Stafford has been more of a guy that can get the best out of what he's given because he's never had a run game. He's always had porous offensive lines and the guy, you know, every pretty much most Sundays when he's healthy and upright, I think he gives us a good chance to win. And probably, you know, 75, 80% of the time he plays pretty good football. You know, he has the 20% where he conquer, you know, he throws some picks or he costs us ball games with sack fumbles, whatever it may be. But um, I, I think he makes players better overall. I, I just am not sure if he has that next level in him or not, which means, you know, winning the highest prize, getting to the highest pressure situations and just carrying us to a victory. I haven't seen it in over a decade, so I'm still waiting. But uh, I think he he is able to make, you know, lower level players, you know, sustainable to some degree, just not uh, not winning like we want to see. Okay. Okay, so just a quick question, piggyback. This one's for me. So would uh, Mike Furry would have stuck around? Would he have been an All-Pro Hall of Famer? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Furry was Kitna's boy, right? That was uh, that was the Kitna days, Griff. Yeah. Our, your, your other your other glory years there when we were throwing for four thousand yards before four thousand yards was cool. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Mike Furry, no Durham, no. I mean, who who else we got? Nate Burleson, sorry, Nate. <laughs> we got. I mean, we could just go down the list of guys that are kind of middle to bottom of the road. That I mean, David there's a lot of people working Nate Burleson, but you know what I mean. What'd you yeah. say? I said David Kirkus. Serious There's been some, some rough ones out there, but even in the last couple of years, he's had two or three good ones, and he seemed to do well, but was still not a mountain to it. So it's always the question: Is it the team, or is it him? You know, it's okay. still kind of unknown. Okay. Um, next question. This one's from Phil. Um, this one, this one's kind of right up here. I really like this one. We went this one. So far in his coaching career, what do you find as Matt Patricia's biggest flaw or weakness? <laughs> oh, man. You mean I can't obloviate on all the great stuff he, he has that people just don't acknowledge? I got to talk about his thing he doesn't do well? Yes. Um. Well, I can do that. I mean, I... 
let me think here. There's one obvious one, and that's that he hasn't won uh, at any level the way that we've wanted to since being in Detroit. That's a big weakness that he hasn't won. I don't think that's just on the head coach. I, I think – I think Matt Patricia, I, I think I laid it out sort of on our Monday show when I got all hype about his his uh, uncensored, mic'd up at the Senior Bowl. Like I think I think Matt Patricia is himself like behind the scenes, you know, during practice in the locker room with these players in the film room. I just think he's not himself during the football season. I think he goes into this odd other character that is FBI Matt Patricia or like just paranoid Matt Patricia or you know this this odd guy that like the minute the season ends and you catch him at the at the meetings or you catch him at the combine he's the most affable guy he's funny he's you know that alpha male he's intimidating like Matt Patricia just be that guy all the time just win ball games and also like don't be so afraid of giving away some type of information that you think is going to, you know, ruin your whole scheme or like, Oh, if I tell this in the media, it's going to come back to bite me. Like just be the same guy you are all the time. And we'll live with your, your screw ups, but we'll love it because you'll be our, the coach with Moxie, the pencil uh, engineer that is smarter than most. And you'll finally have a football team that's built in your image. That's good enough to win ball games. And the beard, the pencil, and and everything else, the the poncho, everything you got going for you will be all over the cities of Detroit. But right now, the city's frustrated with the losing and with the fact that you're just so dang buttoned up. And so, I don't know, Just it just seems like you're you're lost sometimes, which I know you're not. So, like, quit quit putting on this facade from weeks one to 16 or, or from time camp starts until the Super Bowl and just be the Matt Patricia I saw at the senior bowl all day, every day. Okay. That's a, that's a good take. I, I, I do. I like that one. I <laughs> thought you would go into something like he's perfect. He's the best coach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stop wearing the baggy. That's the biggest thing. Wear some real clothes. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, this one's from Vince. Do you feel your boy? I put that in there. He didn't put that in there. Jared Davis. Do you think he's a better fit at outside linebacker or middle linebacker? Grifka, it's perfect that this guy's name is Vince, and they asked about Jared Davis because, hey, Vince, this is what Grifka thinks of Jared Davis. No chance. That's what you got. <laughs> I can see Vince asking his question, walking with his arms flapping right now. <laughs> No, it wasn't that Vince. It's actually a guy I work with. I wanted to ah. just tell you. Not Vincent Kennedy, huh? Um, no, I, no, it's my boy Vince. I go to lunch with him. <laughs> All the part about Jared Davis, I was too caught by the name. What was the what was the final part so I can respond to good old Vincent here? Uh, do you think he's a better fit at outside linebacker or middle linebacker? Hmm, I – if Vince listens to the show, me and you fight about him all the time. I, I support Jared Davis because I think he's better than what we could have. Grifka hates him because he's not all pro that makes perfect plays on every down of football. Um, but, I, but I've grown and I even kind of concede the fact that as the Lions team gets better and as the scheme and as we, we add depth, I mean, there's nothing wrong really with um, Jared Davis falling into a, maybe a different role than he was originally drafted. So maybe he's really drafted to be kind of the captain of your defense, the middle linebacker, the sideline to sideline tackler, the guy that 
you just lean on to you know make all the checks, make all the calls, and just be that guy. Maybe maybe they're transitioning to maybe to buy or maybe another draft pick will be that guy. But also, I just think there's such a role for JD on the outside, um, a more of a blitzer, more of a package guy. Where I, I just I love his leadership and his work ethic so much. I don't want to like keep him off the field too much because I think that plays in the NFL game. It's like you you can't just be a leader in the meeting rooms and then not be out there showing it on Sunday. But I think he's just a guy they need to find better ways to use him, even if it's use him less, as well as don't be afraid to, I think he's versatile enough to move him around. I mean, speedy, hits hard, you know, uh, shoot and go, as you normally call him. Like, just figure out how to use that a little bit better. Don't let him guard tight ends and don't let him sit in the middle and have to read gaps and, and be, be that middle linebacker tackling machine. I think he would be, he would, and he will be fine. It's just, they're still kind of leaving him out there to dry. And last year was hurt. You know, he's only really had one season where he was pretty much out there a lot. And towards the end of that year, he really seemed to come on. So I think they'll tweak his role as well as I think he's still just a third year player that, is trying to get it together and, and needs to be better in some areas, but the coaching staff needs to know too, Hey, maybe he's not the green dot helmet guy or the guy that can go out and guard a running back out of the backfield, you know, just keep him away from that. But I, I still like JD. I think they'll move him outside as well as if he's in the middle, just limit it because I think Tavai will be your, your middle linebacker as we sit right now. Okay. Uh, next question. This one's from Jim. This is a quick, uh, this is a short question. Do you think this could be Stafford's last year? I I don't see it, Jim. Like I, I feel like the only way it happens is like when you say this year will be his last year, I think the only way that Stafford is out of Detroit is if Bob Quinn is playing totally coy right now and he is seen enough, he feels like he's got the clout to make that type of trade and draft a guy like Tua and, and, and roll with a new squad. I think if that doesn't happen, which again, I don't expect it to, but there is part of me that says, well, you know, that would be kind of the ultimate okie doke to pull something like that. I think if Stafford's here in 2020, you just roll that contract out if he's healthy and, and see what you can do. I mean, again, he's never had a team with a, with a running back, a decent offensive line defense, but Matt Stafford went healthy. I mean, I think I threw this out on Twitter too. Is like when I was watching the Super Bowl. I mean, there's things that that Patty Mahomes does that I feel like I see from Matt Stafford when he's right. You know, these crazy platform throws, drifting back, throwing the ball deep, um, throwing these laser beams right into the seam, right right over a linebacker. That's just a perfect throw. So I I don't think he has displayed the absolute you know poise and winning and you know, moxie uh, all the time that Mahomes has early in his career. But I think, I think Matt Stafford's pretty special when it comes to intelligence, being able to do it all on the football field, as well as just have that special arm talent that wins. So I'm much more in the camp. That's why you hear me and even Griff could support him here on the show is because, man, I just think if you can get the rest of the team, right? Like he's sort of the least of your worries. He's locked up for what, three, two, three more seasons which now is like the 10th or 12th lowest or highest quarterback number. So all those people that were freaking out when he was the top guy, now he's like number 10, 11, 12, whatever it is. Like that's very palatable now when it comes to where the NFL is at. And uh, 
yeah, man, I just think let him sling it. I mean, if, if the back is right and you can add a couple pieces to put him over the top, like he can, he can, he can do everything you need physically. I just need to see the, uh, the winning and get, get us into the playoffs, man. And, and then when you get there, don't lay an egg. That's what I want to see. Okay. Um, this question right here is from Greg and, uh, he wanted to know, would you trade Marvin Jones and then draft a young wide receiver? Oh, man, this this was the talk, I think, a year or so ago around draft time. I mean, you may think I'm crazy to say this, but I think it's true. I think all the, you know, and this may is hard for me to even say, but all the stuff that went on with um, – Marvin Jones is losing his, uh, you know, son so young and, and the way Marvin played last year with his touchdowns and unfortunately going down with an injury late in the season. I just think he's really a, a piece that you won't, you won't see move for a lot of reasons. I mean, his family, they have a business out in Troy, Michigan. They, they're pretty established here. I think it's much easier to keep a guy like that. What does Marvin make like seven mil, eight mil, you know, on average, his whole time here, that's really reasonable for the type of receiver he brings. He can, he can catch and run a little bit. He's a, he's a go up and get it guy. He's a red zone type guy. Um, he's even stretched the field since he's been in Detroit, a guy that can go up over the top. So I definitely think he's here to stay. So um, with that being said, I don't think they will kind of re-ink him, but I think you definitely ride out Marvin, Kenny, either Amendola or I definitely want to draft a slot speed receiver. That's been my game plan all along. I think you can wait till the third, fourth, even fifth round, find yourself a nice slot receiver with some juice and roll those guys out as well as depending on what they want to do with Marvin Hall and stuff. It's pretty much just roll your receivers back out. I mean, they, again, they were the least of our worries as well. They, they held the water. They, they did what they needed to. So um, Mar- Marvin will be here. I, I don't think he will be extended, but he'll be here this next year and a great dude really feel for his family. think he's done great things on the field and off and I'm happy to keep him. Now last year, <clears throat> there was a lot of talk about maybe you move him to get a, a piece like a Patrick Peterson or whatever we talked about um, during that time, but I, I don't see it now moving into 2020. Okay. And uh, last one. And uh, this one's short and sweet. This one's from Aaron. And, um, do you think Snacks is coming back or going to retire? Man, these are good questions, Griffith. Can we can we get these guys on the show and I don't know, maybe maybe boot you off for a few weeks or <laughs> anything? <laughs> um, I'll ask, but like I said, a lot of them don't listen to the podcast. They just they just talk football <laughs> with me when I go and talk to them. <laughs> oh man, no, classic. And like I said, I I hope they know if they hear this that I give you a hard time on the show and um, whatnot, but it was, I really appreciate you getting these guys questions. These are good lions questions. And, and I had had this on my list to talk about with you because um, there's a couple things this off season that I think are, are being skirted or not talked about as much as they should. You know, the one we talked about earlier is everybody just assuming Kenny Galladay is signed, sealed and delivered. I think that needs to not only be talked about, but people need to know that, it's going to cost you a good chunk of money. You know, we're talking about 40, 50 million in cap space. Not if you're going to pay Kenny a, a really good chunk. So that you got to consider that the, the, the part about snacks, you know, is okay. He said that at his locker, the lions just extended him that off season for a couple more years. So they obviously didn't have talks with him that he was done or he physically was beat up or that he couldn't play anymore. 
I take that, you know, those tears at his locker just as frustrated with the year, beat up, had some nagging injuries. He's a guy that holds himself to a really high standard. So I'm definitely going into the offseason assuming, like, without knowing all the details, that he will be back. He will sort of get fired up, and, and they will assume he's there because – they sort of built it around him being in the middle for the next couple of years. I, th- I think he can bounce back physically. I think he's still a monster in there. You don't go from being a, just a terror to, I can't play. I got to hang it up type of guy. He had a down year. What are you going to do? It happens. You, you got beat up. You were, you were hurt. We get it. So I expect snacks back. I think he can return to form. I mean, he basically holds off two blockers, lets everybody else get in there every once in a while. He'll get some penetration and blow up a running back or a quarterback. You know, that, that's what we need from the big fella. I think he'd be back. So unless Bob Quinn and those guys know something, I don't, I'm going in assuming that snacks is in the middle and we can, we, we don't have to worry about that position. Now, can you draft a guy in the mid to late rounds that can kind of learn for a year or two? Be, be his replacement if he was to get banged up, but also not have to be in there right away. Yeah, I think so. So I, I don't have, you know, nose tackle as, as really a big need on, on my board as we're going into the free agency and the draft. I Snacks will be back. I kind of expect a, a nice season from him, you know, uh, maybe not where he was his first year in Detroit, but definitely not what we saw from him last year either. Okay. Well, um, once again, I'll, I, I'll tell all the guys, you know, like I said, a couple of these guys, they do listen. So appreciate, you know, Phil and uh, Randy, you know, thanks for the questions, everybody. Then I'll thank you guys again later, but everybody else, I'll, once again, I'll hype them up, tell them to start listening to us. But uh, once again, guys, um, anybody out there listening to us, you know, you want a question like that, you want some insightful, uh, you know, responses, you know, give us a call or text us at 989-272-3484. Or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at, at DKC, and we all know at Derek Oakery. So uh, give us a give us a call. <laughs> yeah, man, fun uh, fun to get those questions. Like I say, Grifka, great uh, great thoughts. Like I say, you put people on the spot. I think they came up with some great ones. Uh, you know, we like to have fun on the show. I like to give you a hard time, but it's kind of fun too. That was kind of just a straight football show. You asked me questions. I gave my answers. The people, the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers know you agreed with me and then we moved on. So I think that's a, that's a classic show. Not all our normal hijinks, but straight up football, straight up questions, straight up answers. And, uh, yeah, appreciate, appreciate all the guys that, uh, stepped up to the plate uh you know that, that's good stuff yeah that was a i really like it i've seen change of pace and like i said it's just that time of year where people have questions about the team before really start hitting the draft hard and the you know, free agency so i liked all these questions uh, this is the biggest off season in the history of the detroit lions did you know that yeah i heard that somewhere and <laughs> i just want to point out did you know that the Detroit Tigers drafted Patrick Mahomes? I just want to know if you knew that. You got that? What did you say? I didn't quite hear you there. Did you know Jerome Bettis is from the city of Detroit? <laughs> no, go back to your Pat Mahomes gimmick. I got something for you. <laughs> oh, do you know that the Detroit Tigers drafted Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> you don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Grifka, it's like four or five weeks you're pushing it by talking about the sport we shall not speak of, the reporter we shall not speak of, or the wide receiver we shall not speak of. Grifka, it only seems fitting. Do you have anything else 
for the people. Uh, nope. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. Grifka is the greatest worker of all time. I mean, he just puts in long hours here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast to make this show great. I don't know what I would do without him. I mean, it's incredible stuff. But thank you, everybody, for uh, doing what we do here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, man. Corn, cornbread. Everybody, take care. We hope you have a great weekend. Catch us back here Wednesdays and Fridays talking Detroit Lions football, the biggest offseason in the history of the Detroit Lions. You know you know what it is. Woo! Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.